everyone, and welcome to Farm Bureau on the Hill. I'm Amy Beckham. Well, we are excited to launch this podcast with the hopes of providing updates and insight on what's happening on the Hill in Nashville and also in Washington and how it impacts our organization and obviously agriculture. Joining me today are some of our staff from our public policy division and we welcome them to share what's been happening since the legislature started in January and much more. So guys, welcome. Hello everybody, I'm Kevin Hensley with the public policy division and I'm joined by Shelby Vinoy, our newest member of the team that we're gonna we're the boots on the ground in Nashville when it comes to the everyday work in the General Assembly. To start off with, Shelby's gonna start talking about our first priority issue of the year. That's right, Kevin, and this first one is a big one. We are pursuing a constitutional amendment to prohibit a statewide property tax. Constitutional amendments are a multi-year process. If you were involved with the right to work amendment, you may recall how this process works, but we're jumping into a multi-year effort with this one. And then the first General Assembly, it has to receive just a simple majority. And then in the 114th General Assembly, we'll come back with the exact same language and we will be seeking a two-thirds majority. And from there, it will go on the ballot at the next governor's election where it will have to receive another majority of those who cast their vote in the governor's election. Uh, this year, we are looking at House Joint Resolution 81 and Senate Joint Resolution 158, um, which is that constitutional amendment to prohibit a statewide property tax. Uh, the property tax was repealed in 1949 and currently property taxes are imposed at the local level um, at rates set by your county and municipal governments. There are currently no needs for a statewide property tax, but this is a proactive measure we're taking to prevent this from being a cash grab down the road if we fall upon hard times. And we're just looking to assure that Tennessee property owners um, are not gonna have to face yet another tax on the property they own. There are only seven states that collect property tax on the state level, and we aim to seek that Tennessee never finds its way on that list. Our second priority issue of the year deals with the Greenbelt Law. In order to explain the bill, we really have to explain the issue that came up. Uh, there were a couple instances where a property owner enrolled their land in a certain conservation program administered through USDA. Based off the exact language of the law, the assessor decided that that property was no longer eligible for Greenbelt, and then that farmer had to pay rollback taxes. Uh, we don't think that was the intent of the law, and um, we want to just clarify in state law uh, through this bill, and that's bill is House Bill 898 and Senate Bill 711, uh, to make sure that um, when a farmer does enroll their, pro their property in conservation programs, that they're still eligible for Greenbelt. To our knowledge, this is not an issue that has been statewide in nature, but it is an issue that has come up. We want to make sure that this isn't a problem going forward. And then also make sure that um, if a farmer does enroll their property in certain conservation programs, they don't have to pay the rollback taxes. Our third priority issue of the year isn't exactly one specific bill, but there'll be multiple discussions that we'll be involved in as uh, a farm organization. And that deals with local government's ability to adequately manage the growth that we're seeing across the state. Throughout the policy development process in 2022, um, the number one concern that we heard from uh, in those meetings was farmland loss. While this isn't something to stop farmland loss, the discussions we want to help as a part of this process is make sure that when areas are growing, that the costs that are incurred by the local government uh, are paid for in a way that is done with the people that are moving into the community. We have seen in areas that have 
grown um, population-wise that the local governments are having to increase property tax rates in order to build the schools and roads and different things, different services like that that they have to do, deal with when that growth happens. So we're going to be involved in conversations about making sure that local governments across the state can adequately pay for the things that they need as the state continues to grow. And finally, the funding mechanism for all the things we've discussed today, the budget. And there are a few programs in within the Department of Agriculture, Agricultural Develop, Business Development Program that we not only support, but would love to see some increased funding for. Um, that's the Tennessee Ag Enhancement Program, which is a cost share program to make long-term investments into Tennessee farms and communities. And for every dollar spent in that program, $6.55 is contributed back to the local economy. So we'd love to see that that program continues to thrive. This year, these applications are gonna be fully online, and we look forward to supporting our friends at the Department of Agriculture as they move into new technology and continuing to fund the local farms in our communities. The other program is the Agriculture Enterprise Fund, which is grants for starting or expanding agriculture, food, or forestry businesses to further spur job creation and economic development. And the investment in these communities is huge. For every dollar spent, $17.55 is contributed back to the local economy. So all in all, we look forward to working with our sponsors, stakeholders, and our grassroots leaders on achieving these things this session, but we can't do it without your help. Very good. Well, thank you all for that update on priority issues and some things that we need to look forward to in this General Assembly. But um, before we kind of wrap up, Shelby, we have a lot of new faces at the Capitol. Um, a lot of new changes happened since they were in session last year. Can you give us um, just an update on maybe new lawmakers and that sort of stuff? Sure. So this year we're coming into session with 21 new lawmakers. We have 18 new House members with the recent appointment of District 86's Justin Pearson out of Memphis, who replaces the late Barbara Cooper, who passed shortly after the primary this year. And we have three new senators, uh, one in each grand division. So we've seen a lot of turnover in the General Assembly over the last few years. Over half of the current House members are new since 2018 when Governor Lee was first elected. And this is critical when navigating firsts with the new lawmakers. We'll have first bills, first budgets, first state of the states for some of our lawmakers. And we have a really good class of freshman leaders and Kevin and I look forward to working with them in the day-to-day -day up in Nashville and really watching how each of them kind of come into their own oats as new lawmakers in Nashville. What does that mean though uh, you know for our listeners for our grassroots leaders in the counties that's kind of um that's a heavy, heavy lift, you know? Absolutely. And for some counties, they're getting new lawmakers for the first time in 10 years with redistricting. They could have, have had to let go of a longstanding lawmaker, not because they've retired, but because they don't represent their part of the county anymore. So one thing we're encouraging folks to do is to reach out to the new lawmaker, regardless of if they've have their tenured or if they're brand new and get to know them and develop a working relationship with them. Late last year, we traveled the state and got to meet with a lot of our new lawmakers and have really tried to emphasize the importance of what we do here at the office in Columbia, what we do in Nashville, but most importantly, what our grassroots leaders are doing throughout all 95 counties. 
And you mentioned it, but some of that redistricting and a whole lot of other things uh, went into this, obviously. But our leadership on the House Ag Committee has changed. Um, So tell us who's kind of leading the charge there now. That's right. So if you've been keeping up, you know that the long withstanding chair of the House Ag Committee, uh, Representative Curtis Halford from Gibson County, retired last year. So we do have a ton of new faces in the House Ag Committee We've added four freshmen to the committee, as well as a new full chairman, a new vice chairman, and a new subcommittee chairman. Um, So we welcome Representative Fritz from East Tennessee, Representative Jones from Nashville, uh, Representative Martin, who replaced Chairman Halford in West Tennessee, and as well as Representative Ritchie from the Maryville area, um, as they sit under new committee chairman Chris Todd from Madison County, who is no stranger to the world of Farm Bureau, and Vice Chairman Tandy Darby from Greenfield is new to his role on the Ag Committee. He's served on the Ag Committee prior to this, but he's taking in in a new leadership role. And the subcommittee is Representative Rusty Grills from the Newburn area. Again, no stranger to Farm Bureau. He and his family have been involved for many years. So we are truly blessed in the House Ag Committee with some great leaders Not as many changes in the Senate this year. Chairman Sutherland's returning for another year with the gavel. We do have uh, Vice Chairman Shane Reeves from Rutherford County joining us as first vice chairman this year. And then freshman Adam Lowe um, from Bradley County is the second vice chairman. So moving quickly to a leadership role as a freshman. Also joining the Senate Ag Committee, uh, we have Senator Oliver from the Nashville area. So we look forward to working with with all these new folks in the Senate as well. Very good. Well, sounds like it's a good group of folks working uh, for the benefit of agriculture, which um, is always, always a good thing. So Shelby and Kevin, uh, obviously a great update as always, and we look forward to sharing more updates in this form of a podcast. Um, Obviously, if you are subscribed to our legislative alert, you'll get it, but you'll also be able to access it on um, our website and on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. But before we finish, Shelby, anything else you want to tell our listeners? Anything we need to be aware of? Well, bill filing deadlines behind us. I think all of Mm. us in Nashville (laughs) can (laughs) breathe a big sigh of relief for that. And we're looking forward to the state of the state on Monday night, February 6th. This is going to be Uh, Governor Lee's first state of the state and his second term in office. We look forward to hearing what he's got to say and um, what his new budget looks like for this year. I think all eyes this session are going to be on several different things. Lots of social issues, uh, transportation. We're hearing about a new transportation plan that's been unveiled. Um, wages for state employees, adoption, just a few of the things that I think we're going to continue to discuss this year, but it's bound to be a busy year ahead of us. Very good. Well, hopefully uh, we'll have some uh, positive items, obviously mentioned earlier in the podcast, but for agriculture and that budget. And we look forward, we look forward to next week for a few different reasons, obviously the state of the state, but then uh, we'll have grassroots leaders headed to Nashville for our bell ringer. Um, and we are excited uh, to see all those faces talking to lawmakers and sharing about our most important industry. And um, Shelby and Kevin, thank you all for being here. And Listeners, um, we look forward to updating you on what's happening in Nashville and beyond. Thanks for joining us.